I think the one that sticks with me the most is when we were leaving. We had, we had crossed the bridge, and you probably know where we were, but there was a part where we were kind of rounding a corner. So I was by myself. We were kind of all spread apart. And I could, you could hear the water. It was really quiet. And like I said before, I struggled. And so I was really, a lot of the time, just concerned about, you know, am I going to be able to get out of the canyon? So I just remember that part just saying, I am going to do this. I can do this. I am going to do this. I, you are doing this. I'm worthy of doing this. So those things, just learning, the, you know, just the affirmations to say. So I think that was just, that was my moment. Yeah. I can really just being able to be my, by myself and just kind of taking it all in. And like I said before, this trip is really for everyone. We were all like all different levels. I was just kind of new for all of this was new for me. And to be honest, it's not really the my first reason for going on the trip. It was just really, I wanted to hike the Grand Canyon. So didn't really even, you know, think of the other part, which really has changed my whole life. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Live Boldly podcast with Sarah Shelton Kranz. This is an inspiring podcast for those seeking proven ways of healing, growing, and transcending their lives. I am a legendary leader in healing, acclaimed author, keynote, and TEDx speaker, a mom, an adventurer, and a believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, every other week I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Friends, 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 welcome to another podcast episode. Go grab your journals because this is an amazing podcast episode to take notes from. So, oh, yay, yay. This is a couple that really made my heart sing for many, many reasons. We talked love, we talked life, we talked intimacy and family and blended families and just a manifestation of the person that you love. It was freaking awesome. Exactly what I needed to have um, (laughs) this time right now in my life. So I know that it will also be the same for you. So go grab your journals. I am going to introduce to you Jim and Jamie Shields. So this is like a boy meets girl kind of episode. If you've ever watched that show, it's always, you know, that's always the simple story in movies in real life, but it's a lot more complicated a lot of times. So uh, Jim and Jamie Shields um, founded 18 Summers. And when they did, um, they when they first met, they faced a whole new challenge. Suddenly, they were a blended family with the challenges of disconnection and time scarcity that all families face. It was family board meetings that bridged the gap, helping a new family connect, and helping the kids find a sure footing in uncertain ground. So now, through 18 Summers, this organization, this amazing business that they have created together, they reach families and organizations around the world, helping them discover the benefits of quality time and enduring relationships. Now, yes, we talked business. We also talked a lot about what it was like for these two incredible humans to come together in relationship. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jamie. Okay, so Jamie is the co-founder of 18 Summers. She founded Florida's only Waldorf-inspired public charter school and directed a public Montessori charter school and has developed and implemented programs in several other public and private schools. 
She is the grateful ringleader of the four beautiful children that she has, ranging in age from toddler to teen. Along with her husband, Jim Shields, entrepreneur and author of The Family Board Meeting, she founded the 18 Summers Movement. Now, Jim Shields, co-founder of 18 Summers, when YPOEO, Harvard University, and other world-class organizations want to help their people to succeed at home, they call on Jim. There's a reason people call him crazy glue, quote, (laughs) for families. In keynote presentations, workshops, team events, or private consulting, Jim has helped hundreds of the top entrepreneurs and thought leaders around the world to focus and implement where it really counts, which is at home. You will love these two. They uh, are the parents of um, these amazing four uh, humans, these kids, and they are adopting a fifth. I am so excited to share that. You will love the conversation that we had. It is um, one of deep truth, deep honesty, deep love, intimacy, and connection. So before I start this podcast episode, I would like to remind you once again that 2022 is almost around the corner, people. So we have Grand Canyon retreats that we have lined up for all of you. We have one in February. We only have a couple spots left if we even do when this airs. So definitely check in. Uh, We have April, July, and Thanksgiving of 2022. We also have, and those are the Grand Canyon retreats where we do three months of deep coaching along with the retreat within the Grand Canyon itself. These, you guys, these are like life-changing three months. Like if you could take all of the therapy that you do in a lifetime and like condense it into an intensive three-month amazing program that lasts forever because you have these connections with other humans that never, they never go away. It is truly one of the most magnificent uh, programs that I have ever created and I'm so proud of them and they have done so much amazing good in people's lives, transforming their relationships, who they are as humans, their their, um, careers. Some of them have had babies. I mean, it's just like, ugh, it's just amazing. And then we also have the Alaska Retreat, which is water healing at its best. So we are kayaking um, out of Whittier, Alaska, come July of 2022. Again, we have uh, group coaching that happens before and after. It is a deep dive into self. It's very different um, running a water retreat where it is definitely more fluid versus when you are in the Grand Canyon when you are um, healing through land and grounding. It is a completely different kind of uh, nature healing. And so if you are curious about either one of those, which I'm just going to say, come 2022, it's the time to get more curious. Definitely reach out to me, Sarah at SarahSheldonKranz.com. You can find me through Instagram, uh, Sarah Sheldon Kranz, through Facebook, Sarah Sheldon Kranz, um, uh, or Live Boldly with Sarah Sheldon Kranz through Facebook. Just find me, message me, let's talk, and um, let's see which one is the best fit for you. We also have an online healing program in 2022, which by the way, <laughs> the <laughs> gotta tell you, the peeps that I have lined up to do the, um, every month we have a new subject that we, that we really dive into. And my colleagues, my connections that I'm lining up for 2022 are beyond what I ever thought imaginable would come together. This is the power of surrendering to the universe and allowing whatever is to unfold to unfold within a program. This online healing community <clears throat> is amazing. I'm just going to state it. 
complete transformation of people that have joined this in 2021. Many of them are stepping um, into this in 2022 as well because they love it so much. Every month we tackle a new subject. Um, I bring in a guest speaker for a one hour live training. I go in, I do a live training for one hour within the month, and then we have a one and a half-ish hour group coaching session at the end of the month where we take everything that we had learned within that month and we really do a deep dive of coaching within self and one another. There's a Facebook community that comes with this along with a Voxer group, so you have access to everybody uh, 24-7, and um, it's just a beautiful community for support, for love, for deep healing, for deep growth, for deep transformation. Because isn't that what we all need right now anyhow? So join this. It is so much fun. It is not like sitting on another Zoom call. Let me tell you that. Because girl don't need to sit on another Zoom call. I've been sitting on enough of those throughout the pandemic and still am. So I make this so that it is a really fun, cool, deep dive with this community. If this is something you are interested in, please message me ASAP. Let's get you in. Again, Sarah at SarahSheltonCrans.com. Also, you can message my director of operations, Joe, J-O at SarahSheltonCrans.com. And between the two of us, we will set up a calendar link and um, set up a, get you into my calendar and see uh, if this is the right fit for you. Um, yeah, let me just tell you though, we have some rad, amazing, beautiful humans coming in into 2022, not only within the community itself, but also um, within the teaching community to guide all of you through this year in a way that we are all ready for. I mean, I know I am. Like this is proving to be what is going to be my biggest year yet. And I welcome all of those beside me that are ready for the exact same for reeking thing. So go grab your journals. Listen to this. Do me a favor, please, and uh, go in and rate and review um, on uh, in Apple Podcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever, whichever podcast stream that you um, that you listen to this uh, through. And um, please do me a favor also and share it with your community because in sharing we are caring, and um, we need to get this out. And we are all ripples for one another. And I rely on all of you as much as everybody relies on me as well. So isn't that what we're here for? Uh, support, love, lean in, and definitely. Love love. All right, go grab your journals, listen up, let me know what you think. Love to all of you. Hi, you guys. This is um, another episode of Live Boldly podcast, and I am so excited to have you both on. Um, So today I officially started, I just want to announce this, my Instagram page for my podcast. which is really exciting. Yay. Right. I know I have a separate Instagram now just simply for my podcast. And you are going to be one of the very first that I have on to my podcast. And so this is really exciting. Um, obviously this podcast has been going on for a while and yet, uh, we keep bringing in new things. And this is one platform that we can actually send people directly to, which is really cool. So I want to bring on uh, Jim and Jamie Shields. And, um, I am so excited to have both of you on because we're going to jam space on a lot of different stuff. One of the things that I want to really touch on is parenting. It is a passion and a purpose of mine. Um, coming from a mom of three sons. And uh, I was on your podcast and I appreciate having this podcast swap with the both of you. I um, love the work that you're putting out into this world. So I would like to just thank you for being here. And um, I'm going to have you tell a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks so much for having us. We had a great time with our uh, interview with you. It was fun. Good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, So our story, how we became a family and how we started our passion and purpose work of 18 summers is that 
when Jim and I met, I was single with full custody of my two boys and um, had gotten out of a, a difficult, traumatic situation um, on my own, no support and um, financially or emotionally, anything like that. And so, you know, I was head down focused. I was running and building alternative charter schools and, um, you know, it was just really set that this was how it was going to look. And when I met Jim, he kind of rocked my box because he, <laughs> he kind of changed the whole, um, that whole idea of, well, I'm just going to do this on myself by myself for the next however many years until then the boys don't need me and I can, can go on and it can be about me. But, uh, from the moment I met him, I just really, I, it was different, you know, and I know it sounds like such a cliche, but it's like everything was different. Like all the rules were different and everything just felt, um, so when he fell in love with me, he got two incredible bonuses and, you know, I'm incredibly humbled by that because we've now gone on to foster care and stuff like that. And when I think of not only falling in love with one person, but falling in love with three people at the same time, like, man, that's a big love. And, um, so then just us becoming a blended family, Jim came up with some frameworks and started seeing, okay, how am I really going to get close to these boys that I've not been here from the beginning? And so he really just started pouring in. It started with these quality time coupons for gym days uh, for Christmas. And it was super cute. And the boys would get really excited to cash in their gym days. And so it started um, just once a quarter, they took their coupons and they would have a full gym day. And then that turned into dad days, which then turned into board meetings. And we were prompted to write our book. And just from sharing our own story of how we fell in love and how we became a family, you know, cause we're all just on this path together. You know, we just started creating more rhythms, more frameworks. We realized, wow, we really have a knack for this. And so we started guiding and loving other families through that same path, through our book, through our podcast, through the way that, you know, we just live and love others. And it's been pretty incredible labor of love for sure. That's amazing. Okay. So I want to ask you something. How did you guys meet? Let's start there. I want, I want a jam space for all of the, for all of the single people out there. How did you two meet? Well, why don't you say how we meet and I'll say how we finalize the deal. <laughs> I want to hear it all. <laughs> Bring it on. Because people are, you know, they're, if they're moving on from something they're like, oh, yeah. forget it. No, it's just not. But, um, yeah, it was Why don't my you 29th. say how we meet and I'll say how yeah. I how I proposed. All right. So it was our my 29th birthday. And I tended to hang out with um elder, not elderly, but like my mom, my aunt, my uncle. Like I I would go out to older places, hang out with the older crowd because they kind of kept me safe from being hit on or mm-hmm. that. It was my birthday. My best friend gifted me a tambourine because um, I love to go like on stage and play tambourine with the band. Anyways, I got my very own tambourine for my birthday. And uh, this is before the phones like turned around on the camera or whatever. So we were trying to do a selfie. And, you know, it used to be hard to take selfies because you couldn't see yourself. Yeah. And um, this guy comes over and he's like, do you, do you want me to do you want me to take a picture? What's so humorous about this now, 12 years later is that Jim is like the least tech savvy person you've ever met. And so the fact that he was bold enough to stroll across the restaurant and offered to take our picture, not only that, but he also met my mom, my aunt, my uncle, um, a friend that happened to be there from like my kindergarten. And he like met all of Oh my gosh. And we only talked for about three minutes because I had a wonderful, awkward escape to go play the tambourine because my favorite song was on. 
but it was such a, such an impactful exchange. And what's funny is we never, he never ended up taking a picture. Like we looked back through the pictures and he never, it just wasn't there, (laughs) which is hilarious. But, um, what was really neat about that night is he had never been to that place where, where we were. And it was just, you know, it was definitely a chance meeting. And the next day, um, I heard from him and every day since then. Oh, so you gave him your number. I did. I get, actually, I, I gave him my business card <laughs> because I didn't know how to hand out my number. It, I was right. definitely awkward. We talked very quickly, but in that like super quick exchange, what's interesting is he told me that he told me about his, he didn't tell me what he did for a living. He told me about his passion as if it was what he did for a living. So it was very interesting that he later went on to do these things. He told me, but he said, wow, that had never come out of my mouth to somebody. And I met you and I said, here's what I do. And, um, and it was just really powerful that we, we then went on to go do those things together. So what did he say that he did? He actually said that he ran family retreats. Wow. Yeah. Like, a, but a, that wasn't your, but that wasn't your, that wasn't your education. I, yeah, I just started dabbling in it, but more as a fun uncle, because there were all these people I was going to these entrepreneur things and they're coming to me and saying, would you talk to my kid? And there's just a lot of disconnect between these business people. And I was the fun surfer, usually younger than them. And, and so, yeah, it was something saying, yeah, I'm starting to do family retreats to help all these families that are killing it in business, but failing at home. She was like, oh, so, wow, that's really cool. So pretty much you, I don't know, released it to the universe, released it to God, released it to whatever that whatever you want to believe in at the same time that you met this woman who would eventually go on and do this with you. Yeah, well, I'd started- Nice to- triangle right there. <laughs> what? So much so that like, that's how I programmed him into my phone was like gym experiential education. Like, Oh <laughs> my gosh. Isn't that yeah. funny? That's so funny. I think it, it, well, the reason I wanted, I was very curious about this because I, I always say it's like, it's about the moments and it's about the awareness and the listening. And before we jumped on, I was telling you, I just came off this retreat that I ran, that I was running. And I got to tell you, if there was ever a time that I truly believe this, it's more and more that I run these retreats and do this work, that it's in the moments and it's in the listening and the awareness and the breadcrumbs that get you to that next step. Mm -hmm. And so that one breadcrumb, I mean, and here we are. That's so cool. That's so cool. So, okay. So you meet, you start dating, you end up, uh, uh, pretty much like coming into this family and loving on them and doing all the things. How was that for you? I have to ask this, like, because I know I have a, I have three boys, right. And I'm, I'm at that same space of like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And you kind of surrender and you release to it and you say, well, I'm raising my children. And then at some point I'll be moving on and doing whatever as a mom. Um, cause your kids move on too. And so they do, they move on. And so how was that for you though? Stepping into the space with, you're an incredible woman, by the way. Oh, thanks. So I, I have not met your children, but I can only imagine that your children are also incredible. So how, how was this for you stepping into the space? Yeah, it was oddly, it wasn't easy, but it was oddly inviting. So it, I had had a rule and we'll talk about my, my rules or my framework. <laughs> I would love your rules and your framework because I'm actually jotting some questions down that I have for you right now. <laughs> I, I don't want to date uh, a single mom with kids, not because of her, but because what I might have to deal with on the other side. It was something yeah. that we said, and it was nothing against her, but I met her 
And I remember a few of my friends and myself just saying, you want to make an exception for this. Like, Uh so the interesting thing of this was, so it was, it was, the boys and I hit us off, hit it off famously right away. There's something Jamie couldn't understand. It's when, when you're a little guy, like you talk about your dad, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, my dad did this. My dad jumped over the empire state building. Like, you know, it's like all this, the bullshit stories you tell as a little guy, and they, they were starving for some positive male attention. It was obvious to me. I mean, remember the first time we met them, I was supposed to see them for like an hour. It turned into like a seven-hour saga. <laughs> like they wouldn't let me leave. Can he please come here with us? Can he do this? And, you know, and so we, we hit it off famously right away. Now, they had some trust issues from things from before, but I, I don't want to say it was easy, but it never felt overwhelming. I don't think. I mean, I think it would say that, you know, we, we it was had, loud. That was your big thing. You're like, it was loud. It was me and a boxer before <laughs> this. And now all of a sudden it's a five and seven year old that are, wow. So it was instant family. So I'm like, wow, I forgot how loud I was at this age, you know? And so, <laughs> right. that thing. but we really hit it off famously. And it was, um, I always say we're like the, the luckiest blended family ever. I don't even bring up the blended thing anymore. Cause I don't feel like we have to explain it anymore. Now that we have four kids and a fifth coming, you know, it's like Which we you all, just told like, me this is really exciting. Yeah, so, so exciting. Talk about so it was, it was really not. It, it there there was it was it was easier than it was hard. I want to say that. So that's right. what made me know the situation was right. And what I had done about nine years prior, I've been living. I was living in California, kind of out near you. Something, something. I can't even remember it, Sarah. But I was set up on a lunch date. I go out, and my famous thing was eh. You know, and that was the word. I remember leaving and being like, eh, I mean, there's just nothing, just nothing there. No, I know. I, you got to have the spark. There's got to be, there's got to be like, if not an eh, it's got to be like a. It was like eh. a wet match. Like, maybe. So yeah, that's, that's what happened. And I went home kind of frustrated and said, I know what I want. And literally very. Not not egotistically, but very intuitively. I sat down one eight and a half by eleven paper and I said, "This is the one." And I wrote out this description, like in about twenty minutes, of just this girl that looked like this, looked like this, had these qualities, did these things. Everything this from thing. is good with mileage points to has long dark hair. It was just, but it was Are you good with mileage points because oh you have long, like, you have long dark hair, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, and like. Just so can I, go camping one night, wear heels the next night, likes to drink, but doesn't get, you know, enough, over, like all drunk, the things, yeah. like so yeah. many things. Yeah. So, um, so I wrote this list mm-hmm. and, and I met Jamie, you know, almost eight years later. And so for wow. a year and I, I had, I had marked this August 17th and like 2003. And then, so or t- 2002. And so eight years later, I, um, after we've been dating a year on this day and people are like, when are you proposing? I said, I got it planned, you know, and we walked down the beach. We're at this place. We love central Florida all by ourselves, the glass of wine. And, and I said, um, I said, Hey, I wrote you a letter eight years ago. And I was Oh you- my <laughs> gosh. The serendipity yeah. of what you're saying right now. Keep going. Yeah, no, it was pretty. Oh pretty my gosh. She opens it. And I mean, I, we could pull this, this list and I hadn't, I had thought about it, but I had found it a few months earlier, you know, I've been like, wow. And it described her to a T. So by that point I was already in love. I mean, to a T. And what was great and, is to, to, well, 
two big things that he left off the list that were deal breakers for him. The first big thing being no children. Like that wasn't on the list. And also no tattoos. Yeah, so there's two were, things I always verbally <laughs> said. Tattoo? I have lots oh, she of has, tattoos. She has like five tattoos. Like, so oh, she's like, missing. Oh. So there you go. Here, forgive her. There's my tattoo. Forgive. Yeah, Just forgive her. <laughs> so tattoos and, and children. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't have them written down, but everything That's else funny. on there was a hundred percent to what she looked like, you know, sense of humor, everything. And I just, I had said that I said, and she's reading and she starts crying and she sees the date on it. And then I get on my knee and we're both crying. Oh, that was it. So, so yeah, but it was her to a T and that's where, and I had people say, Oh, what do you, what do you think you're going to build her in the garage with power tools? Like, you know, <laughs> how it works. You're forcing things. So I'm not forcing anything. This intuitively came to me. Yep. This is what I'm looking for. And this is what I'm gonna hold out for, you know? And then later that year, um, actually it's probably been about, about two months later before, as we were getting ready for, and we had a big thing. We we're getting ready to get married. I was donating a kidney to my father. Oh. Um, you know, the boys asked me, it was to pretty cool. The, the boys asked me to adopt them. And I was like, of course I'll adopt them. I had always had a rule. And this is something, you know, we've heard some terrible stories going through foster care where people step into a surrogate position as a mom or as the dad, and they want to be demanded that title right away. Yeah. Uh, and I have to remind people, what if that title has a really bad attachment to it? What if that means dangerous, abusive asshole? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. People don't realize that. So I'd always said, I don't care what you call me. I love you just the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then they asked me to adopt them and, and, you know, it was a very natural flow, but it was, it was a big time. So there were lots of big things we got faced with. And I know they would have fallen apart if we weren't supposed to be together. But, yeah. but when you read this note, when people would read this thing, they're like, this is this is freaky. This is Jamie to a <laughs> It's perfect. It's perfect. So okay. So I want to. I have so many questions for you. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, so first of all, how long until how long from the time that you wrote that to the time that you met her? Um, it was seven years, and then I proposed. It was seven years. So it was eight years later. So and you're you, talking like, oh, I wrote it, and then four weeks later, I found her, and we were engaged in eight weeks. Like it took years. And, and I, I moved, moved across. Moved and I moved from, from California, California to Florida. What made you continue to have the faith that she was there? I'm. I just have a, a stubborn optimism to me sometimes. <laughs> Dude, so do I. That's why I love this. I, 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 I do too. That's why I'm like, I'm like, no, no. And I think that that's a part of the. Um, the having faith, right? And just knowing, just knowing, like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, I wrote this, this is for me and this person that's there and it's going to happen. And it's not on my timing. That's yeah. the surrendering piece. Like, look, if I want what I want and I know what I deserve and it's out there, I guess I'm going to have to be patient for it. And, and it will okay. come to you. Yeah. It so, will come to you. It will come to you. And also there is a two <clears throat> street on that too. I would always think, well, this person's really special. What, what would she want? Um, so like when we met that night, I was butt sober. It wasn't like, Ooh, I, I caught in a night where I was actually sober and could talk to this, this, you know, really wholesome, you know, beautiful girl. Right. No, I just, I, I, had, I, I wasn't a heavy drinker. I did take good care of myself. I was working hard and I had, you know, built a business that I almost lost in 08 through the real estate debacle, but I had a real estate investment coming again, up and going. I was busy, but I was, I was trying to live and be the person that I thought this person would attract. And sure enough, if I had gone into that bar that night, 
sloppy looking for something that you know sure it would have never would have never would have happened yeah so i think there's an important thing where i was clear on what i wanted and i had an idea of what a, a person like she would want and i think it was vice versa she knew if she was if it had been the opposite that you know, and she had been active, but there's just no way. So, um, and I think that's important to point out. It's very important to point out. And thank you for that because you have to walk the freaking walk. If you, if you're expecting somebody else to step into that space within you, then you better damn well be able to step into the space that you're actually creating for her to step into. And so if you're not going to, how is it going to work? How is it going to happen? Yeah. I just had one of my friends do this exact same thing. And that's why I'm just like blown away by this. Um, and she she did the same thing. She wrote down exactly what she wanted after many she her uh, she lost her husband. Her husband had passed away um, quite a few years ago, and so she has gone through dating different people, and it wasn't working. And eh. and then she finally got very clear and said, "This is what I want. This is what I'm. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I deserve." Um, and she has two boys as well. And sure enough, he walked into her life and now they're getting married. And so in my last breakup, I actually pulled out my phone. It's one of the very first things I did. And I like wrote down everything. This is what I want. This is what I deserve. This is what I'm going to step into. And I was very clear. And it's very first top of my notes in my phone. I'm like, I, I, you know, let's get clear on this. And so, and having come out of a toxic relationship myself, I know that it can be very difficult to have the trust to, and to be able to surrender to somebody like Jim coming into my life. Like okay. that's a lot. And oh, yeah. so I, I know we're like kind of stepping and we're kind of like staying right here right now, but this is really important for my listeners because I got a lot of people in the space. So I'm speaking to all of them with you. I think it's great. How was this for you? I mean, cause he's a pretty freaking amazing man. Okay. I can tell by looking at him. Um, you said that you came out of a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. So how was that coming out of a toxic relationship into, and now accepting and receiving somebody as, sorry, Jim, I'm just going to keep saying it. Like you're pretty amazing. Like somebody as, as I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm bragging all day. Well, so uh, listen, uh, it's hard finding good people out there. It's, I mean, there are good, I, okay. So let me rephrase that. I believe that everybody has good in them. It's fi- it's hard finding the people that walk the true north, like you were saying, where you're going to continue to be on that good path, knowing that that person is also going to be stepping in. So, and it's a choice on how people choose to live in this lifetime, right? And so you met somebody who is true north, living in this way, in his values, his integrity, and, and who he wants to be to attract you. So how was it for you? coming out of the situation that you did and being able to look at him and say, okay, I can trust this man. It's very, it was very uncomfortable, honestly. Yeah, like, okay. So I'm sorry. Could you say that one more time? It was very, what? Very uncomfortable. See? Okay. So for those that are feeling the uncomfortable, there's a reason for this because you become comfortable with what isn't actually healthy. And so when you actually have to step into something or you're, you're given the opportunity to step into something that's healthy, it can feel a little weird. The uncomfortable is good. So keep going. Yeah. It's really interesting because, you know, I was so intrigued and so interested. And luckily, I'm very grateful. We lived about 45 minutes apart from one another. And then having two children and working, you know, all the details, I just, 
it made it to where we had to have long phone conversations. It made it to where we really uh, were intentional with our time together. You know, Mm -hmm. we knew that like our time was very valuable. And so every time I'd hang up with the phone with him, I would just sob. And I was like, oh my God, he's completely ruining my world. (laughs) I knew like, it was like, being on a roller coaster. Oh, this is so like, great. You are going, you are plummeting at some point, not like to your death, but it's going to be uncomfortable. And I, I did, I would just be like, Oh, but I kept wanting because man, it was the first time looking at somebody, you know, and not like you said, the, eh, or the, huh. like, I, yeah. and literally, yeah. I like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's always the, Oh like, shit. Oh, I wasn't expecting like, this. You know, and I still feel that way because you still, you know, we, to be true partners, pushing each other, you know, slightly out of our comfort zone so that we're, so that we're growing as people and, you know, all of these things that we do to really build each other up, but also to stretch each other. And that really, he really stretched me when we met each other, not intentionally, not anything, just being him and just being in a space of, of having a relationship. And I, there were at least one time distinctively that I can remember, um, like trying to run he did or you did? I did. She did. I did. I was going to ask that was going to actually be my next my next question was going to be so how many times did you try to sabotage this girl? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I know, right? So I was more he was curious of what that would look like with the boys and so he tried to set up like a group date, you know, where we would all hang out like he mentioned earlier and I kept like rescheduling. Even our first date I kept rescheduling and he's like finally got frustrated and was like, all right, well, you just let me know. And so, but once we had that first date, it was on, you know, I mean, it was on even before then my spirit was just kind of like, Oh God, are you ready? Maybe my ego was, I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, I think like my heart, my heart knew. I I don't think it's, I don't think it's ego. I, you don't have ego. I don't feel your ego at all. And I can feel people's ego. I think it's at the same time. I don't think it was ego. But just that you that's afraid to change, even if it's good. Well, because it's scary. Yeah. And sometimes we mistake the fear and we mistake the excitement for fear because that's what we know, especially when we're trauma survivors and we don't have to go into your history necessarily. I mean, I can just like having been through divorce, it's traumatic. Like there's a, there's a lot of trauma that happens there. And then, you know, it's we, and, and you're a little bit of a mama bear, I can tell. Mm -hmm. And so am I. And so there's a whole, um, space of, you know, you create the space for your children to, to be healthy and happy and whole. And then to let somebody into that space is, can be really, really scary. It can be really, really scary. And then again, there's that whole phase of like, is it excitement or is it fear? What am I, what am I balancing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and how am I going to actually, at some point, you know, that you're going to want to welcome somebody in. It's just, it's, again, timing isn't always ours. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Especially when you're not looking for it because you're going out with your parents. <laughs> I mean, like, what the hell? <laughs> it's an adventure and it definitely was like a breaking. You know, it was definitely yeah. a tearing do- down of what I was planning or thinking or expecting. And it was just really an allowing. And I just, oh, but I, I so wanted it, even though I was so afraid of it. Did you happen to, and I think that's actually something I want to just put, you know, put a little pin on. I so wanted it, even though I was afraid of it. Um, And so did you ever write stuff down about him? Did you ever have anything like that where you were like, this is what I'm looking for? 
I had a very, I mean, I had a pretty short list, but what was really interesting is that I, and depending on how woo-woo uh, your listeners are. Oh, no, no. My my listeners are very woo-woo, by the way. We're okay. all woo-woo. It's all good. Bring it, bring it, bring yeah. it. So for weeks leading up to when I met Jim, I would dream of him. Like, and when I, I would be excited to go to sleep because I would be with him in my sleep. And I didn't know it was him per se. Right. All I could remember was his eyes and I rem- would wake up and remember what it felt like, that feeling of oh. being together. So it wasn't like we had like, it wasn't like we were making out all night or it wasn't like dirty right. dreams or like, you know, it was, was, right. wasn't anything in particular, but I would just wake up in the morning and I would feel like so wrapped and cozy and like just this, the way that that feels. And I'd wake up and I'd be so excited. And, and then I'd be like, Oh my God, what the hell are you so excited for? Like, I love this single mom. You, you know, are running the show on your own. You've got up to four jobs on any given day. You've got, you know, like, and I'm just thought like, what are you excited about? And it just was because there was like something in me that knew, like there was just a different stirring. There was like Uh the wind turn or something. And then when I met him, like, I don't, I think it was, oh gosh, his dog passed away after our third date. And he actually allowed me to come over and like comfort him and feed him, oh. that kind of thing. And I remember looking like for the first time, seeing him from the side and his, uh, the way that his eyes creased. And I was like, oh my God, that was it's him. him. <laughs> I'm like, that's who I've been hanging out with. And it was that moment. That I thought, oh, I'm done. I'm totally done. Amazing. And I seriously, I still like every morning, like that, I know what that feeling was. And it's still that feeling. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it other than that. But like, I, I truly believe he would, we would visit at night and sleep. Yep. Yep. Your spirits visited hundred percent. So, uh, cause listen, you're talking to an absolute, um, when I go down to the Canyon, they always, they always say to me, oh, you're the one that comes down and does all this woo woo shit. That's what they actually say to me. They actually do this. They call it, they call it my woo woo and my voodoo. They're like your woo woo and your voodoo shit that you do down here. But of course they're all like also very, um, uh, intrigued and then they'll come over and they'll ask me about it. And I'm like, it's not voodoo or woo woo shit. It's actual real stuff. Like this is the stuff that we do. Um, and so, uh, so what I'm hearing from you is also there's like this spiritual connection, this presence that was coming through um, during the season of change, quite frankly. And how beautiful is that? Now, that also goes into what we were talking about. People have to freaking listen and be aware, including in your dreams. Like they, there's, there's a lot of talking that goes on up there. So when you, were you like manifesting him in your dreams? I'm actually curious about this. Like, like, were you like, I'm going to lay my head down and now I'm going to dream about the man that's going to be coming to me. No, definitely uh, not. I it just, just, it just happened. Just kept showing up. Dude, you are powerful. <laughs> I think we just really were longing for each other. And I do like, again, being like super woo. I don't think this is our first time traveling together. I think it right. took us a while to find each other this time. And I think that's why we're like, too excited children to be like, Oh, we get to hang out. We still feel that way because it's just a matter of like missing each other for that period of time. But so I don't know. I just think that somehow we got in each other's field enough in your in vortex California, in California. It was almost like it was just too far. I don't, I'm not sure, what yeah. changed, but something shifted. And, and even like one of my best friends was on a paddleboard tour with him, not knowing each other the week before I met him. And then 
his good friend. I, I don't know. There were so many situations. Ser- so many serendipitous like, moments. It's like, it's like a movie. Yeah. That's so cool. You That's know, when you so like cool. elevate above the thing and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, look at that, you know, but I would say, like you said, listening to those little things, like there's something to be said about that. Eh, you know, yeah. like exactly what you said, because just think like if at any given point, any of us gave into the, eh, then it wouldn't be, and it's not because we're high maintenance and it's not because no. we're good. And it's not because we're scared. No. It's like, eh, <laughs> you got to yeah, feel all, it. All of us have given into the, eh, and it's just, I just promised I never would give into the, eh, again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's why I set this, the bar pretty high and said, no, this feels right. It's not, mm-hmm. yeah, I wanted certain beauty and I, I got it. So I'm like high fives, but it wasn't ego. It, that day I wrote that list, it was an intuitive pull. Mm-hmm. And I just said, this is the whole thing. This is what, <sighs> this is just what's coming from, from my gut. This is what I'm looking for. And then you just have a knowing and I just yeah. stayed the course, yeah. um, you know, and that was important. I, I'm, uh, your story is so beautiful on so many levels. Like it's just, and I know that there are so many people out there that are on this path of like, can I even do this? Can I even step out of this? And I mean, I flipped through my Instagram page <clears throat> and the messages that I get from people too. In the different uh, um, groups that I'm in, and where where the the men and the women are are just like, oh, screw dating, like I'm done, I'm out, like I can't, you know, I'll never be able to find somebody, and blah 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 blah. And my whole thing is, if you're gonna start with that step of, um, if you're gonna start taking that first step with uh, with that type of an attitude, and and just like, yeah, you know, it's you you have to stay the course. You absolutely have got to stay the course and truly believe in in what is at your calling, at your heart. So it's it's a beautiful story. I love this. Um, okay, so now you get married and you start down this business, this path together, which is so remarkable. But I want to talk to you about family, like because uh, it's it's uh, it, you know we we both I think believe. Um, very deeply in the power of the family unit and also what's possible in the family unit and the importance of it. So let's speak into family a little bit. Um, how was it for you? Now you bring him in, you've got the two kids, you have more children together. You're adopting a fifth that you just found out about, which is so exciting. Congratulations. Um, tell me a little bit about how you raise your kids. Oh, wow, that's a huge question. I know. I I listen because people ask me that all the time too. They're like, "How do your kids?" I don't understand how you like, you know, your kid. Like, I'm I, listen. I I raise my children very um, well. My my ex husband and I raise our kids very differently than I think a lot of people do, and it works for us. And our kids are amazing. And so I want to speak into that. society's ways versus how we do it versus, you know, being able to take the course that works for us. Mm -hmm. So we really, um, our children have a voice and we, we really, right. (laughs) Who would have thought, who would have thought that children would have a voice. So we listen to them and we take their opinions and their thoughts and their desires and their goals into consideration. And we discuss them and we encourage them and we celebrate them. And, and we also are, are very open to have, to sharing with them our hopes, dreams, fears, struggles, struggles. Oh, so you model for them. Yes. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so we we just we come together and this is that's really a huge part is we really and truly exist together there's no i mean obviously there's a hierarchy and there is but but it doesn't necessarily feel like a hierarchy because everyone just respects each other because they have a voice and when you feel valid and respected and seen you don't have to do things like rebel or be an asshole or, you know, there's like none of that has to come into play when, you know, if your parents mess up, they too say, I'm sorry. Or if your parents have a bad day, they too say, gosh, one of my friends just totally stabbed me in the back. That sucked, you know, or whatever it may be. But for us to be able to say, we're superhuman and like our days look a lot like your days and how can we help you? Here's what we need. And we're never shy to say, here's what we need help in, you know, whether it's us seeking help from other friends or other professionals, or if it's that we need extra help from them, you know, so in in balancing apologies and gratitude are huge because we're not exempt from either of those things. And I think so many parents think that they don't have to apologize and they don't have to be grateful. They think that the children are just here to like do the thing. And if we're jerks to them, then they should understand because we have to pay all the bills. And if um, they do something, then if we do something nice, then they should kiss our ass. Like, and that's just not where we come from. We think very, very opposite. So much so, you know, you mentioned our daughter that's on our, her way in the beginning of the year. Oh, sorry. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> that's called life. <laughs> Somebody agrees with you. It's like like she called on the phone, like, hey, I'm on my way in jail. Seriously, I like literally, that's actually what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh yeah, here we come. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, Oh, oh, but so our daughter, oh my goodness. See, she's calling again. (laughs) All of our other children calling to say, are you still talking on... I love this so much. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, we need to like unplug the phone. Um, well, no, I actually love that you have a house phone because I do too. That's the best. Maybe it's an emergency. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Will you answer? It's all good. Don't worry about it. We're keeping this in. This is called life. I just, really think that one of our toddlers got the babysitter's phone and is like calling to just chat. I would not be surprised. Which is amazing. Uh, <laughs> Which is absolutely amazing. Oh my gosh. So okay. is everything okay? Yes. Oh, I, I think, think so. It was a it was a busy signal. So it's like someone's probably just having fun about kids. <laughs> this is unplug it from this the is their, the last time, the last one that I did at night, I did a big oh, uh, yeah, family talk. Fun. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the finale to the last five <laughs> minutes. It's a good friend of mine with a huge community. And all of a sudden the fire alarms start going off. And I'm like, guys, this was a really important lineup. I don't know what's going on. And, and sure enough, our four-year-old. Well, he walks downstairs and I've got like the, 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 the four-year-old had brought the fog machine for Halloween into the house ah. while the podcast. So it set off the whole thing. <laughs> I got back on and had to say, um, Hey, I just want to let you guys know that everything's okay, but this is real life. And our four-year-old just brought the Halloween fog machine into the house. And now like, every oh fire gosh. alarm's going off. And I think the fog <laughs> machine's on their way. So anyway, we got off pretty easy, actually, Sarah. So. <laughs> this is, this is I, I, was, I was interviewing Tim's story and this happened with my uh-huh. phone. That's why I'm laughing because I'm literally, I'm literally laughing because 
that's how we connected. And, and, um, it was the beginning of COVID when I interviewed him and I was in my kitchen, which by the way, not the nicest place to be doing a podcast interview. Exactly. It was in the beginning of COVID in the beginning of the pandemic. I had people all over the place. My yeah. phone kept going off. I'm like, Tim swear to you. I don't know why my home phone is going off. And he's like, you have a home phone. I'm like, I know it's the craziest thing. And it just kept, it never goes off. And now it was going off. So funny. it's, this is life. This is, this is life. This is how we, this is how we run our businesses in our life. And I don't apologize for it. So integrated, right? (laughs) No, we just, exactly. Um, okay. So tell me about, so you have, so you have, you're adopting this little girl, Yeah, which is so exciting. So our, we have one daughter currently, three sons, and our daughter, ever since she could speak, would talk about her sisters. And oh. like, this was like some of her first conversations and memories and just the things she would talk about. And it, w- it was really, really powerful. She'd be very emotional. She would, you know, and it's just, you know, and our story is kind of like oh. so many other people's story is that, you know, you struggle like losses, you know, miscarriages or complications with getting pregnant or, you know, all those things. And you really question like, oh, well, what happens to what happens in the in-between or am I meant right. to do this? And, you know, you just start doubting yourself and you have all these wonder wonders. And <laughs> so just combining those things together. And then as time goes on and we did then went into foster care and, you know, we did trips and orphanages and other countries. And, and I had always felt like adoption was part of my story. Um, but Jim, you know, it was like, it was like massaging his heart. It wasn't like ripping it open yet. It was just like, well, I had already, in fairness, had already adopted. she was kind of jealous because I had felt <laughs> yeah. the love of adoption. So I, like, I forget that detail. I've done that. Yeah. He's already adopted. I totally forgot about that. I love it. And I've always, uh, you know, probably the, <laughs> the best thing I ever wrote was this, uh, once we had biological and I could stand on both sides, I wrote this thing called the second place myth of adoption, where I was like, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. So if uh, all in, that's really important for people to hold off on adopting out there. Since I've been lucky enough to be stand on both sides, I'm like, it's really a, a bullshit holdback. Oh, you're not right. going to get close to them. Oh, there's going to be this. Oh, what if this happens? Hasn't been my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're going for a, a fifth. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that for our fifth, this one where we said, gosh, you support your kids' gifts and Which talents. Which is where I was getting, Oh, you yeah. want to tell them, yeah, because this so, was pretty So powerful. all of these culminating to, like, this exact moment where, like, talking, going back to, like, giving our children a voice. So we are in a family retreat. We do a mastermind with other families every summer in the Florida Keys. And this summer, um, the, the opening question was, if you could do anything and not fail, what would it be? Ooh, that's a and good one. It's a room full of like all age. So it's parents, it's children, you know, all ages. And um, so they went around the room and it was, of course, now someone's at our door. It's okay. It's totally, <laughs> love this so I much. So much trouble at this point. They like knew the time frame. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. It's um, all good. I just like never, every now and then we have like a pet join us on a podcast, but not ever this much insanity. Okay. Okay. Lovely. Um, okay. (laughs) I love it so much. We're in this group and the, you know, the, the facilitators going around and it's, you know, there's fun moms saying I would be Cheryl Crow for a day and like perform on stage. And then there was some children that wanted to be soccer stars, professional soccer players, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Got to our daughter and she stands up in this room of, again, all age people. And she says, I would have a little sister. (gasps) What? 
And he starts crying. Like at the break, he looks at me and he's like, did you hear that? And he's crying and he's like, now we have to do it now. And it's funny because it was on me for like, you know, all this time. And I'm just like, like, okay, if it's meant to be like, just work on his heart, whatever. But he was like, no, no. Like, this is, this is what we're doing. And so it was something, it's not that like our daughter's understood and was like, I want to be a sister. Right. It was a combination of like all these years of her talking about her sister, our struggles with conceiving, us becoming a family, him adopting the boys and then having some of our own. And just this opportunity to think like, we can go a step further and like stand in the gap with a birth family and provide something and love something and just bring that full circle into, into our home and into our hearts. And man, it happened really fast. I was going to say that was the summer. That was August. It was August. <laughs> and she, and you're, and she's coming home. She, in February. She's due in February, beginning of February. Oh yeah. my gosh. And where, where is she, where are you going to, where is she, where are you adopting her from? Crazy crazy so was, we had the whole a national adoption looking all over the U.S. We tried in Central America. The red tape was just too thick because we have a home yeah. in Costa Rica. We told you we love it down there. We mm-hmm. like the culture. We wanted yeah. To, you know, if we could add that to our family, it was just too hard. So Jamie said, we're going to go national. We did the whole country. Like we yeah. had, we were open to all sorts of things and we matched and um, birth moms about 20 minutes from where we live. No kidding. It's incredible. Our... I'm going to brag on Jamie for a minute, Sarah. So when she <laughs> yeah, goes, brag away. So, so when and I, I'm sure there's people listening. She was a single mom, really tough, bad situation. And all I can tell you is she went through the, however, like almost 200 pages of work to file a divorce on her own. Oh, honey. So she can figure how to figure out how to do this kind of stuff you know, anything from when I've just never seen someone so quick on her feet, like of a fast learner, that is her. So when she said, okay, we're doing this, we didn't get set up with two agencies. We got it set up with 14. No, it wasn't quite that. It was yeah. a crazy <laughs> amount. And then all of a sudden when, I just when they're like, the net. When I'm they're like, like, we have to do the work. You have to put together this booklet. And I'm like, what do you mean a booklet? She's like to tell about our family. I mean, you should have seen this thing. I was like, holy cow. I mean, our parents are reading it and crying. It was this booklet and she just put all heart and soul into Mm -hmm. it, which is what she does. So this booklet goes out, match comes back quick. Super fast. All of a sudden this, this mom is presented to over a dozen families. Well, she was supposed to be, but she got to ours. Let me finish this. You're trying not to. I love this so much. (laughs) She's trying not to brag on herself. (laughs) This is where she gets First complimenter, you should have seen it was like she like receive. Well, you receive, just receive. Does not receive compliments like this. This is I love this. This is a cute girl I first met when she was so beautiful, and you'd say something. She just she didn't know how to handle a compliment. So yeah, well, none of us do, by the way. Not when we've been through that shit. (laughs) She's come a long way, but with this one, so oh my god! First of all, the adoption agency, the attorney says we will not take children. Uh, We can't take families with more than two children. Um, and, uh, and, and if you've was two children and, oh, you didn't want me. Well, no, now I'm forgetting a detail. I'm allowed to add a detail. (laughs) So it was, you couldn't have more than two children. You couldn't have any biological children. No biological children. No more than two. two. 
Okay, but I didn't, know this. I didn't know this when I applied to this attorney. So we find this out hindsight. Post, the attorney calls me when she called to tell me that we were chosen. She's like, I just want to let you know, like you broke all my rules and we took you anyways because we were like, ooh, we like these people. So they're like, oh my gosh. She put together telling our family story so much. They said, let's make an exception, which is such a word. Like you heard me say that for it's like, wow, this really meant to be yeah. make an exception. Yeah. That they never did this. Lawyer decide, let's make an exception. Two weeks later, you could be all over the nation, 20 minutes from us, there's this situation. And all of a sudden, the mother gets over a dozen inquiries. The mother like looks oh them over. Gosh. Here's the third one. And she said, I hope this isn't wrong, but I don't want to look at any other families. This is the oh. family that my daughter going to. So that's all Jamie. So that's why I wanted to brag on her. Because when she put something to that. But that's not even me. That's like God. That's spirit. Um, that's like, you but, know. But that's you. Well, but somebody somebody has to drop it into their hands. Yeah. No, you're right. Somebody and so, you know, you have to drop it into their hands, which is exactly what all of this conversation was about. Like, he had to drop it into the hands of, look, this is what I'm looking for. You had to drop it into the hands of, you know, this is what I want in my life. And then you dropped it into the hands of him when you wanted to, when you were ready to adopt a baby. Like this is, it's so beautiful. It's so it freaking. And so many people, you know, Sarah, like speaking to what you're saying, so many people are like, oh, it must be easy. Or, oh, it's nice that you got this. Or, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things that like sometimes get believed in situations like this. Like, oh, everything's easy for you. You know, as Jim said, like nothing's easy for me. In fact, it, it it's harder because there's also like self-limiting beliefs that come into play and there's fear mm-hmm. that come into play and there's breaking out of the storm. And there's even fear of like being okay. Like it's okay to be okay. You know, like there's all of these things that like being like, you know, complex trauma, you know, thriver, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, there are so many complex things, but, um, you have to do the work and like Jim wouldn't have just shown up. Like he said earlier, like if I was, you know, with every guy in town and if I was like laying around with my filthy house and my, my like drugs and alcohol everywhere, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have wanted to step in and be my partner, you know? And there's, and there's something, it just, it, you have to do the work. You if have you to do to, the work. You have to bring the things. You have to do the work. And sometimes, like, and that's something that's so painful for people to hear. I think everybody's like, oh, everyone says do the work. No, like, really, you have to, like, do the thing. You have to hustle. And I think that, you know, things do just line up or just fall into your lap if you're working your ass off. Yep, 100%. Amen, sister. Like, seriously, amen. Because people say that to me all the time, too. They're like, well, things just always work out for you. Um, no, actually, they don't. It's the fact that, and this is why it's so important, is you have to freaking listen to your true north. You have to listen to your heart. You, you When we keep listening to what society tells us to do, we're not living, we're living to them, not to us, right? And so when it came to me and all the decisions that I've made in my life, which by the way, just recently I have sat and looked back and went, holy shit, like most decisions that I've made in my life were against what I was actually told I should do, wow. right? From all the way from 17, from, you know, you shouldn't be having your child. You shouldn't be keeping your kids. You're making the worst decision of your life. Why are you getting married? Like, how are you going to get divorced? Why are you selling your home? Like all the way down to even recently where people say to me, you know, question, well, Things just must come naturally to you. They just must be easy. Well, no, they're not. 
actually. I've worked my ass off. Thank you very much. And that's why when somebody steps into my space and actually reads what I wrote on my phone, it's going to be like, okay, yeah, because I get it. I fully understand. You have to be walking the walk if you're going to actually create that space for anybody, for yourself, for your children, for those people that want to come into it. I'm really careful who I bring into my space any longer. And I keep getting these like lessons along the way where I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) I mean, don't we all have those? Right. I'll tell you when we finished our interview with you, when we hung up, I, I told Jim, I was like, wow, she's done a lot. Like, you know, I, I see, and I'm not close to you, I don't know you, but essentially like taking something that could swallow somebody whole. And oh be, Lord. Nope. I'm going to pull this right out of myself and I'm going to do the thing. And I'm going to, you know, I mean, like your book is beautiful. Thank you. The documentary. And then all of these things that you've done and you've added, and you've just essentially gotten out of yourself to serve others and to, to yeah. speak to others. I mean, that's, that's hustle and there's healing and providing that to others. And I just, I really did. I was like, gosh, she's done a lot with this. Well, a friend of ours has a saying, the gift is very close to the wound. Yeah. And I've watched you, I mean, everything you were saying, I was like, wow. I mean, look at what she's doing with this. This is, this is inspiring. Thank you. We've tried to do it with family, but we really saw you do it. And I'm saying, well, her gift is next to her wound. And a lot of people don't want to that's too, that's too hard to go there. So it's funny when people say things come easy to you. It's like, wow, you're putting yourself out there to expose some of your deepest traumas and, and help others through it there. It's like, that doesn't sound too easy to me. I'm, I don't know. It's not, it's not. And, 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 you know, and I think that thank you for touching on that because I think that's a really important thing for people to understand as well is that your wounds, you're not defined by them. What you're defined by is how you use what you've actually walked through and create something for not only your own betterment, but for others. If you're creating it for the betterment of yourself, it's clearly going to ripple out into the world in some way. It doesn't mean that you got to go and create family retreats like you have and create retreats like I have and like built a business necessarily out of it. You just simply by bettering yourself through that, you're going to create change in the world. There's no way you can't, which is, I mean, isn't that why we're here? Yeah. Like, come on. Right. And hopefully... This is where I always say this too. Hopefully the people that have hurt us most, which you've had that, right? And I'm sure, Jim, that you have as well, right? I'm sure you've been hurt along the way. Hopefully the people that have hurt us most will be able to someday look at all of what we've taken from it and say, okay, it's time for me now to work on my traumas that have created other traumas in this world. Because when we can actually go back to that piece as well, we start to heal everything that much more deeply. And it's, I mean, that's that ripple. Um, That's my hope for other people. Yeah, that's big. It's big. It is big. The world is small and yet all of the, the universe is large. And so (laughs) like, right. (laughs) Which is, I mean, how cool is that? (laughs) Um. So here's what I want to, I want to, I, I want to close out um, the question with the both of you. This just came to me and I actually have not done this before. And it's something that just like has just downloaded right now. Um, <clears throat> I want you to speak to the people, to speak to those listeners uh, that are in a space of um, transformation and relationship with self and also with other people wanting to bring people in, whatever it is. What is the one 
message that you individually can speak through your learning in your lifetime up until now? And then also, what is the one message together that you could share? So what is the one uh, message and or tool, tip, trick, something that you want to leave with the listener individually and also together? And we're, we need to do a follow-up. Like, this is like ridiculous because this went too fast, by the way, way too fast. Yeah. I think it's really important to know where you're going and how what you want that to look like. Because I think that part of my transformation in meeting Jim, although I was a good person, I was educated and I was hustling. I was raising these boys and I was doing a beautiful job with what, what I had. And I was building schools for other families and mentoring other parents. Like I, I had my like own shit together, I guess. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily know what more was I looking for? What more was I interested in? What, where was I going with all of those pieces? And I think what was beautiful is when I met Jim is that I suddenly was like, all right, so where are we going? You know, like within myself. And I just think that some of that struggle and that running that occurred in the beginning probably wouldn't have happened if I really knew where I was going, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I figured it out. It wasn't that I met Jim and I'm like, Oh, you complete me. And now I can figure my shit out. It really was. I met him and I'm like, okay, you better figure it out, you know, within myself. And I just think if I would have known to shake myself up in that way to like, really, because the, the answer that I originally had of, okay, well, I'm not doing anything until these boys are big and moved out. Like that really isn't a plan. Like that's, that's, not, a plan. that's not a plan. That's pushing off the plan. <laughs> yeah. Like, so if I, I would have struggled a lot less if I had a realistic, um, and a, something that I was aspiring and moving toward in that, in that realm. I really do think so. Yeah. It, trust is really, a, goes back to that too, you know, Even so. trusting myself. That's what I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Just trusting the, the worthiness of being able to do that, mm-hmm. which we all are. Okay. Jim, you're up. Um, well, jointly, a big lesson that we've learned together and a lesson working with, you know, thousands of families now over the last decade. One thing I've learned very, very clearly, and this should make a lot of people go, ah, is there's no perfect family. I haven't met met one, Yeah. but there's this, there's this pressure yeah. Oh, I, gosh, oh, man, I went through some really bad shit or I didn't have a good home life. I'm going to I'm going to do it differently. Yes, and you can, but it's not going to be perfect. Nor is it supposed to be perfect. There is no perfect family. It's a terrible expression that puts people under undue pressure, puts your children under ridiculous pressure. Um that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And so just get rid of that that term perfect family. It's not about perfection. It's about bridging our imperfections, making the most of the time we have together, supporting each other, enjoying yeah. each other. It's it's not about perfection. And the more people will learn that, it, I know for me it's been this, oh, we're not the perfect family. You know, because it'd be if we get in one little argument or I was mm-hmm. too hard on one of our kids, I'm like, I can't be, how can I be a family guy teaching family values and this and that? And it's not about perfection. And that's not giving anyone a, a, an alibi or an out card. It's just when we put that that perfection on it, it takes the beauty out of it because it's not supposed to be perfect. I love uh, I love what you just said. It's about bridging our imperfections. That's yeah. so beautiful. So that would be my big relational advice. And then I think you guys hit it on at the same time. We're not looking for perfection, but don't settle. 
Exactly. That you were told to settle and not do this, settle and not do this. And there's going to always be naysayers or even people close to you that are either wanting the best for you or kind of like the crabs in the bucket. They're wanting to pull you down so you don't go too far up. Don't settle on, on who you want to be with, what you want to do, who you want to be for yourself. Um, you know, and that's that important part. Not only who do you want to be with, but who did you really want to be? Did you really want to be yeah. a loafing unreliable what I said, yeah. lying addict who did it. No, then, then don't settle for that. You know, no matter settle for that. It's, it, you don't have to settle for that. So yeah, don't settle. And, and remember there's no perfect family. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are my advices. I love you too. I love you too. I love you too. I love you too. I seriously, I, um, thank you for this time that we've had together. I, 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 I need to send a note to Tim Story and Joseph and tell them thank you for introducing us because yeah, they're, good guys. Yeah. they're okay. such good guys. And I, and I, and I, I truly appreciate when people put good people in my path and, um, you are good people. You are yeah. really, really good people. Um, and so where can we find you? And, uh, if you don't mind that, and, um, we're going to put it in the show notes, everybody can find you, follow you. Like I follow you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. The journeys. Perfect. 18 summers.com is a good place to find everything. Just the number one, eight summers with an S, um, our pod, you can links to our podcast, social medias, um, a family blog that we wrote on there, everything from his kidney surgery to my grandmother in hospice to cross country trips, all that good, juicy family stuff. And there's so much. Like, and that's why I said, we can, can, will you come back on at some point so we can cover some other things? I, I would love actually, um, uh, in the new year, uh, um, I would love to have the conversation. I I got some ideas floating already, so we're going to stay in touch and, and where in Florida are you? North Florida. St. Augustine, oldest city in America. Awesome. That's cool. All right. Well, if I'm ever down that way, I'll be popping in. I'll be yeah. the one not instead of somebody else knocking on your door, it'll be me. I'll be like, Hey guys, it's me. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for, um, for everything. And thank you for being on. And, uh, and I hope everybody goes and shares this podcast episode. Cause it was beautiful. Lots of good stuff in here. Listen again and again. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It was so good to see you. Same here. My friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so grateful to have you here. I'd love to invite you over to sarahschultingkranz.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to survivor. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who may need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page. Leave a message in my comments and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you. And as I always say, I believe in you, us, always.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.